Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. Subscribe and tune in each week to hear me and a special guest discuss the latest in the NBA, the way you want to hear it, with the topics that you want to hear. Keep it locked. I don't know if you can say F Brooklyn and then come into Brooklyn, so we're about to see what it's like. Talk about it! You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Family, family, welcome, welcome to another episode of Above the Rim, episode 52 that is, brought to you by your host, as always, your boy Justin, aka Just Blaze, and of course, you can find Above the Rim on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the Almighty Baller Network every Tuesday, make sure you give Above the Rim that five-star rating on iTunes, and write some reviews, man, there's a hell of a lot more listeners than there are reviews. So get out there and give me some more reviews on iTunes. I don't ask for much, but it's one thing. If you're feeling the show, let the world know. To get in contact with me or the show, you can follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. Follow the Above the Rim Facebook page as well. All of that. If you have any feedback for the show, responses to the questions, just call up the line. Leave your boy your voicemail. Let me know your, what's on your mind. The number is 908-718-1592. That's the Talk About It line. Jam-packed show for y'all this week. No special guests, as you may notice, because I had to go off. I had to go off this week. You're so disrespectful. I had to get a little disrespectful. You know... I want to talk about a couple things this week. So we have a jam-packed show. And I wanted to come on by myself. Let everyone know what it is. Lots of shit to cover. I've been going a week. My brother had to take a mental break real quick. But I'm back. And we out here. Regular season. Coming to a close as we all know. Playoffs starting this weekend. I'm hype. You're hype. Your mama's hype. Everybody's hype. Locked in. 2018 playoffs starting this weekend. So this episode, I'm going to be giving out my NBA regular season awards. Talk about what has impressed me this season. What I've been disappointed in this season. But first and foremost, I've been screaming the Rockets in the finals since preseason. I'm tired of screaming June. The Rockets are about that action. We about that action, y'all. I'm telling you. Telling you. 
many people, damn near everyone, except moi, question the trade at first. CP3 going to the Rockets, joining James Harden. And it's one thing to add a star talent to your team, but you, you have to make it work on the court. Many wondered how Chris Paul and James Harden, two ball-dominant guards, would manage to share the ball evenly amongst themselves and the rest of the team. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I just blaze nose at all. But I damn sure know my basketball. I tell you that right now. Boy, if you don't get... I damn sure know my basketball. And I knew it. And I knew it would work. The key in any superstar pairing is sacrifice and how much you're willing to do for the betterment of your team. The Rockets this year, as we all know, is having one of the most successful years in franchise history. They've broken the franchise record for wins in the season, 64 and 15 right now. I believe they have two games left. Um, this season, the Rockets are number one in offensive efficiency, number seven defensive efficiency, 20 and three since the All-Star break, won 20 straight games at home. They also the third ranked defensive team since the All-Star break. That's for the stat nerds and for the blog boys out there. Just so for the blog boys out there. And doing all of this, mind you, with a rash of injuries. This season, CP3 missed 23 games. Luke Mambute, the Prince, missed 20 games. Trevor Reza missed 14. Brian Anderson missed 13. Eric Gordon missed 12. James Harden missed 9. Nene missed a lot of games due to injury and rest. I mean... There's been a lot of injuries. Damo, a few episodes ago, on 50 with Tax, episode 50, he called it Juju. <laughs> he said what I put on the Warriors. I called it inevitable. And that's the injuries that the Golden State Warriors have suffered this season after years with a clean bill of health. Golden State is vulnerable this postseason. And I believe... Houston has the right pieces to take them down this year. I brought up the injuries that the Houston Rockets endured this year. Golden State Warriors are going through some injuries right now. So all teams go through their ups and downs, their peaks and valleys throughout an NBA season. So it's only right. Injuries are no excuse. So, like I said before, I feel like the Houston Rockets have the right pieces to take down Golden State this year. And to me, the first step in doing so was getting home court advantage. And they did that, which is so critical for this playoff run. Having a Game 7 in your building could be the deciding factor in the series. And the Rockets are great at home with a 34-7 record in the Toyota Center and a 30-9 record on the road, both of which lead the NBA. Step 2 was establishing that chemistry between the two superstars. And they have done that easily and seamlessly, all because of sacrifice. CP3 had to sacrifice offensive responsibilities and play off the ball a little bit more. James Harden had to sacrifice leadership. And I don't know if y'all been paying close attention to who the leader of that team is, but it's CP3. Now you have two of the most elite playmakers of all time together on the same backcourt. Step three was filling out the roster with two-way players and wings. And they've done that. They got Trevor Reza, got PJ Tucker and his toughness. You got the Prince, Luke Mbamute, one of the better defenders in the league. You got the sniper, Gerald Green, Houston native. You got Joe Jesus, they picked up, my man Joe Johnson, and a great six-man, the reigning six-man of the year, in Eric Gordon coming off your bench. 
And then the games that Harden, Paul, and Capella have started together. Houston is 41 and 3. 41 and 3. Let that sink in. And I know what you're going to say is regular season, blah, blah, blah. It matters. They need a camaraderie that shows chemistry. So it matters. That's not a record that you can sneeze at. 41 and 3. Three losses and 44 games is nothing to sneeze at. So you can hate all you want. The Rockets are a confident bunch. And I don't want to hear the Steph Curry injury excuses this year. We know he's going to be out round one. I honestly, personally think he's going to make a miraculous comeback and somehow come back in round one because I think they're going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder in round one. And boy, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that series. That's going to be a dynamite electric series. I hope the NBA gods make that happen because we all want to see it and I want to see it. That's going to be dynamite with Russell Westbrook versus KD. Coming back to Oklahoma City in the playoffs without Steph. OKC definitely has a chance to take him out. Who knows if they can play together, if they play together, and if they can come together. That remains to be seen, but we'll see how that goes. But that's neither here nor there. Wishing for that. But back to the Rockets. Everyone deals with injuries this time of year. And it's the nature of the beast of the game. So let's talk about a little let's talk a little bit about how Houston matches up with the rest of the league. Right? First up, Houston has the best offensive play in the game. James Harden, the beard, is the most complete offensive play on the game in to the in the league, excuse me, to me right now. Him and KD, 1A, 1B, but I'm going James Harden off of this year. I think James Harden has taken the crown this year, being the most complete offensive play in the game. He's the best isolation and one-on-one score in the league. He's going to be MVP this year. Can't stop him from getting to the rim. It's extremely difficult to stop a step back three or prevent him from drawing fouls and getting to the rim. No one can check James Harden one-on-one if his head is on straight. And when I say his head is on, head is on straight, I mean not going to the strip club the night before. Not getting your jersey retired in the Houston strip club. That's all I'm asking for. And how many shutdown perimeter defenders are there in the league? Very few. So, to me, he has to be extremely focused this year. Having two elite playmakers is very critical for the Houston, elite, Houston Rockets, which is a little bit different than having two elite scorers like most contenders do. Last year, Houston's offense literally ran all around Harden last year. It was isolation plays for days, him dribbling for 20 seconds and then make up no play. They were still a good team, mind you, but very predictable. And of course, we know that that was their downfall in the playoffs, especially in Game 6 of the West Semis against the Spurs when Harden decided not to show up for the game. He really wanted to get to the strip club a little bit early. He didn't want to play anymore. It was a major fail for James Harden last year. He, he completely was a no-show. And the difference this year is that having two elite Hall of Fame caliber playmakers alleviates the pressure from both. It's a perfect pairing for success. This year, both have Harden and CP3. I'm talking about both. Both have been without a secondary playmaker throughout their postseason careers thus far. CP3 had Blake Griffin, as we all know. Harden had Dwight Howard, as we all know. But those are not playmaking guards. Those are big men who all at times both struggled to create their own shot. So they both relied on CP3 and relied on Harden to create shots for them. And more importantly, 
they are playmakers, James, James Harden and Chris Paul, that make your teammates better. And look what Houston has gotten out of their role players this, this season. It's crazy. Every starter, every starter for the Rockets this season increased their points per game from last year. The Rockets have six players shooting 37% or better from three this season, and six players averaging double digits in scoring. Yeah, Trevor Reza shooting 37%, CP3 37%, Ryan Anderson 38%, you got Harden at 36%, Gerald Green 36%, PJ Tucker 37%, Luke at 36%, and Eric Gordon at 36%. That's elite three-point shooting that you have amongst your core rotation. And that goes into me saying how the Rockets are the deepest team in the, deepest team in the league. With a comp a competent bench, excuse me, a competent bench, they're literally 11 deep. Gordon is arguably the most potent sixth man in the league. They all play with that veteran experience and toughness, which we know how crucial it is in the playoffs. You need that. A lot of guys are having really good seasons right now. Gerald Green, they picked him up from playing in his backyard, coming to give you 11 points per game, shooting lights out. P.J. Tucker has been phenomenal this year. And also, Clint Capella, much improved this season and has emerged as a rim-rolling force in the paint this year. He's increased his season averages in nearly every category from last season, averaging 14, 10, and 2 blocks this year. He's leading the league in field goal percentage. And let me tell you why that's important. This is the sixth straight season, sixth straight year, that a CP3-led teammate has led the league in field goal percentage. Remember, the last few years, it's been DeAndre Jordan. This year, of course, Link Capella. I just felt like I should throw that in there. <laughs> now talking about the utilization of P.J. Tucker. Major pickup this year. I, it goes understated. It's underrated how great of a pickup P.J. Tucker was for the Houston Rockets. Ryan Anderson was a starting power forward for most of the season this year. But Mike D'Antoni made an excellent switch and decided that P.J. Tucker's elite defense made him a better fit for the starting unit. And he was right. Rockets are 28-4 with P.J. Tucker in the starting lineup. And what he brings is, to this lineup is versatility. He can guard, he can guard positions 1-4, through four, and he can play the 5 in small ball lineups. Houston doesn't even... Houston And Houston doesn't even play... As fast as you think they do. A lot of people think they're a running gun team. They just shoot threes, which they do a lot of. They shoot the most in the league, of course. But they don't really play that fast. And evidence of that is that I, I went in, uh, went through the numbers. And they're 13th in pace this year. They can slow down in the playoffs when the game gets tight, when palms get sweaty. When teams trying to take away their three and make them drive, that's cool. They can do that also. People forget that the reason why James Harden gets all of these isolation plays and the reason why they're effective is because of all of the shooting that Houston has. When teams switch defensively to limit the Rockets' three-point shooting, the Rockets have gone to relentlessly attacking one-on-one. Defenders are way more reluctant to help out on the drive when they know their man is a knockdown shooter. Because of this, it allows James to play one-on-one, it allows CP3 to play one-on-one, and... I don't think there's many people in the league that can start James Harden one-on-one. That's barbecue chicken. Right now, we call that barbecue chicken. You know how that's going to go. So, with that being said, the Rockets averaged 17 points per game going on isolation plays this year. That's more than seven points more than the next best team, which is the OKC, which is the OKC Thunder. 
So that tells me they're very effective in isolation plays. And that to me is the only thing that I do worry about a little bit in the playoffs is that they might get slightly trigger happy with isolation ball, isolation plays. James Harden might be, he might fall in love a little bit if a few of them go down. Maybe Let's say he makes the first three or four isolation plays. He's going to start to rely on it a lot, a lot more. And then the ball movement is going to stop. That's what I don't want to happen with the Houston Rockets. And that's what I hope won't happen in the playoffs. We'll see. And Houston, they have a lot of versatile combo forwards who can switch a number of defensive assignments. And not just within the game, but they can also switch within a single possession. You got Luke, you got Trevor, you got PJ, you got Gerald Green, you got Joe. All these guys can switch. James Harden, Eric Gordon, all these guys have big bodies and they all can switch on pick and rolls. They can all switch on screens. So that's an advantage as well on the defensive end in the postseason. And also the mentality of the Rockets and the hunger of the Rockets. Each of these guys are hungry to win and have dealt with their own share of playoff heartbreak and playoff failure. Motivation comes from all angles and from every player on this team. And that's what CP3 brings to the table the most. He understands what's on the line. He's a damn near drill sergeant. He might get annoying for some, for some, but you need someone like that to keep you on track in the postseason. You need someone to keep you out the strip club. James Harden be talking to you. You need someone to keep you down. But let's keep it a buck. It's an NBA playoff. This is for the men. This is not for the boys. You got to make plays. You got to make shots. If you don't, you're not going to win. It's simple as that. And another thing I wanted to address is this notion that CP3, James Harden, and D'Antoni are notorious playoff chokers and bad playoff performers. Now, it's partially true, but nowhere near to the degree that people are making it out to be. This seems to be a major criticism of the Rockets and why people are hesitant to choose the Rockets this year. And it's a pretty lazy narrative, mind you, to hold against someone if you really didn't do your research. Now, let's start with the point guard really quick. I'm going to just throw this out. 12 seasons in the league, 9-time All-Star, 8-time All-NBA, 4-time first team, 9-time All-Defense, 4-time assist champ, 6-time steals champ, rookie of the year, most seasons leading the league in steals, only person ever with 20 points, 20 assists, and a zero turnover game. Only player ever to lead the league in assists and steals in the same season. Did that three times, mind you. It's light work. But that's regular season success. But if you listen to the blog boys and the nerds, what are they going to say? Second round. Second round. That's all you're going to hear. Semis, you didn't get to conference finals. And we all understand that. We, we get it. The fact that my question, my point is the fact that people think CP3 is a choker in the playoffs or that he's a bad performer in the playoffs is ridiculous. If anything, he gets even better in the playoffs. Over the last, stats-wise and production-wise, over the last three years in the postseason, he averaged 23-9, and 50-cent shooting, 38% from three. He's more efficient and more aggressive come playoff time. Not really the definition of a choker. Fifth-best player efficiency rating in postseason, NBA postseason history. His numbers go up, averaging 29, 21, 9, 4, and 2 steals for his career. But with all that being said, I know you're still going to say second round. And I get it. I really do. But how many times have people heard me say, 
situation dictates success. If KG and Duncan swap careers, would, would it have been the same? Championships are a team award, but of course we judge personal success based on a team award. Who knows if KG and Duncan's careers got swapped, if KG had the stability and the Hall of Fame teammates that Duncan has had his entire career. He got to play with Dave Robinson. He got to play with Manny Ginobili. He got to play with Tony Parker. He got to play some with Kawhi Leonard, who extended his career. KG's first, what, nine, ten years in the league is basically his first decade in the league. He was stuck on the Minnesota Timberwolves fighting for a high playoff seed. Very rarely was he, was he the favorite. Balling out, doing all that he can. His best team teammates were Rasha Nesterovich. He had Troy Hudson. He had Zerbiak. He had Sam Cassell. They had Latrell Sprewell. But they weren't enough to take you over the top. So that's all I'm trying to say. But ask you this if it's so called choking I just want to know how many times CP3 has lost a playoff series when his team was a favorite but let's just go through a couple of the playoff series really quick 2017 Blake got hurt of course he missed majority of the Utah series leaving CP3 to do everything basically I mean the Jazz were no juggernaut we know that last year but they were the number one or I believe number two ranked defense in the last year but he still had the best postseason numbers wise of his career averaging 25 and 10 and he was he was uh uh he was third in clutch time scoring in the playoffs last year. Year before 2016, Blake got hurt again against the Blazers. Then CP3 broke his hand on a freak accident. 2015, I can give you this was definitely a choke. This I admit, Clippers blew that 3-1 series lead against the Houston Rockets of of all people, mind you, to go to the conference finals. Not to make any excuses. CP3 was hurt that series, game one and game two. I know you're gonna say something. Boy, <laughs> but he was hurt early in early on in that playoff series. But that's neither here nor there. Um that was the, the season before I'm mean, excuse me, the series before he hit the game with a shot against the Spurs, we all know, to eliminate defending winning champs. But that was a choke job. There's no excuse. 2015. You can't blow that 3-1 series lead to get to the conference finals in that in that third quarter to Josh Smith and a couple of those guys. Come on, man. You couldn't do that. That was unacceptable. 2014. I can't really call it a full choke job, but it was a disappointment. OKC was still a favorite in that series. They were the two seed. LA was the three seed. The Clips messed up by blowing that lead in the fourth quarter. That would have gave them a 3-2 series lead over OKC. But I can't call that a choke job. If no one picked the Clippers to win that series anyway, the Thunder was still the better team. So they were the favorites to win that series. 2013, they lost a Memphis team that went to the conference finals that year. That was peak grindhouse days of Memphis. No easy team to beat. That was a 4-5 matchup. And the Grizzlies won that matchup. 2012, CP's first year as the Clippers. The Clippers lost to the Spurs that year that went to the West Finals that year. A great Spurs team. So his, all his playoff fails and not completely his fault he balled out in all of these series the Clippers were plagued by injuries and some bad luck and some unfortunate circumstances and a choke job so it's a little fair now let's go to Harden he isn't necessarily a choker either but he does have some questionable moments not even gonna front two meltdowns to be exact last year's game six against the Spurs and the entire 2012 finals against LeBron in the heat he vanished without a trace last year Ridiculous. He vanished from that finals as well. LeBron's first title. But with that being said, he did average 27, 
Seven assists, six rebounds in the postseason as a Rocket. Really good numbers. So he does show up, but he has to show up in the biggest moments and the biggest games, just like CP3 does. Dan Tony had also had his fair share of failures as well. In 05, his sons were 62 games in the right, won 62 games, reached the conference finals before losing to the champion Spurs. And then uh, the next year, I believe the Suns went to the conference finals the next year, but were eliminated by Dallas, who who were, uh, they went to the finals that year as well. And I think lost to the Heat. <clears throat> In 2007, the Suns, those same Suns from D'Antoni, went to the West Semis against the Spurs. And they had that big Robert Ory fiasco with Steve Nash, where he threw him into the scoreboard. <laughs> he tried to hurt Steve Nash. Um, and Amari and Diaw got suspended for leaving the bench. So that was a loss right there. That was a failure, yes, but I don't necessarily call that a choke job. So let's prompt the brakes on this choking shit a little bit that I've been hearing. Cut the lazy narratives. Do your research before Golden State won it. Did anyone think they could win? Did anyone see them coming? Not at all. So like I said before in the last episode, it's put up or shut up. Everyone has to ball out. This is the most wide open I've seen the playoff race in years. There's lots of legacies on the line. And everyone has to put up, shut up, do what they need to do. I don't want to hear any excuses. And they got to win. So last episode, I had an interesting and a great episode with my man Joff from the gray area. Shout out to you, Joff. Go check his show out. And my man BTG had a lot of feedback to the put up or shut up episode. And it was funny, man. He called it a lot. And he uh, I'm going to play you guys voicemail from my man BTG because he went in. <laughs> Above the rim, my boy Just. You had you had Jarv on last episode, and I just absolutely loved every bit of it. I mean, when y'all when y'all two cats get together, very dynamic. You know what I'm saying? The chemistry is is, is a solid A one sauce. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like I can correct the homies when correction is needed. Now let's look at this. Y'all said y'all y'all spoke on Kurt. It was a lot. I I would say a lot of high cholesterol, a lot of high blood pressure, salt and seasoning. Uh, when it came to talking about Curry, right? So, <clears throat> and I feel like some of it came from because um, he hasn't won a finals MVP. That's not his fault at all. That's not his fault. It's definitely not his fault in the first championship. And you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot slander that guy's name for the second championship because you got KD on this team. As much as we slander KD for doing what he did, KD is still KD. And when you have the luxury of having two dominant shooters, maybe of all time, uh, on each side, you have the green light to act stupid, go dumb. Just like the Bay Area says, you know what I'm saying? Go stupid, go dumb. Retarded. Whatever you want to call it, okay? So KD did exactly that. Because we said if he did not go off, we will slander his name, especially with that roster. Now, Iggy... Is smaller than Bron, but we all know he's an ox. You know what I'm saying? I I, I think in the offseason, all Iggy does is lift cars <laughs> by himself. No spot, right? So I get it. You know what I'm saying? He played a very important role during defensive strategies in serious moments. Now, if you want to crown him for doing that, I get it. So where do you slide him the MVP of the final trophy? Where? You slide it to him because of the moments. That's why. But, like I said, 
Game five, Curry had 37. You know what I'm saying? Game six, he had 25, six and five and six. You know, so uh, I mean, what do you want Curry to do? I I think we're getting to that when we compare him to other guards, and I get it because we compare all the guards to each other. But I want to say we got to stop doing that because even though this is the era of guards, uh, scoring guards, they are still separate in what they do. So I'm going to say you're going to have to lay off. You're going to have to lay off on Dame, and you're going to have to lay off on on Curry. You have to. I mean, Curry has done what he what he wanted to do already. He can only go up from here. You know what I'm saying? If he wins another championship this year, he matches Braun. Y'all king. <laughs> this is y'all king. Hey, I feel like I can correct a homie sometime. You don't know why? Because I love us for real. <laughs> BTG always calls it talking shit. Always calls it talking shit, I tell you. But that's my brother right there. Shout out to you. And he's going to be on the next episode. And I'm bringing back Job as well. You're going to have a playoff roundtable for the first round. The first weekend of the playoffs. And it's going to be live. Tell you right now. But he was responding to the put up a shut up episode. When me and Job went off. I had Steph Curry's pressure level at a five. It is a five. When Steph Curry comes back from injury, if he does, I know they're going to use the injuries as an excuse. You know, um, probably. All we did was point out that Steph didn't have a finals MVP. Iggy came in there and stole your finals MVP. KD came to the team, stole your finals MVP. That's all I'm saying. But Steph Curry's one of the greatest point guards we've seen. Great shooter, one of the greatest shooters we've ever seen. He's dynamite. I just need him to put up as well. And also in that episode, we also caused up a little bit of stir on Twitter. I should say my man Job caused up a little stir on Twitter talking about Westbrook. I'm going to play you this clip from last episode, what Job said about my man about Westbrook. And it was very interesting. He, to me, Russell Westbrook is the most, the most, and y'all can get mad, the most empty calorie stats (laughs) player in the NBA. Kevin loves stats. Kevin loves stats. Empty calories. He's a he's a two piece from Popeyes. He's not really like it's not heavy calories. It's nothing. It's no nutrients in his meals. Pause. It's just like let me get these two pieces right here and some fries and I'm gonna be out. I'm gonna be hungry in two yeah. hours again. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It's popcorn at a movie theater. It's just it's pick 'em food. It's not <laughs> it's not moving the needle. I'm sorry. A <laughs> bad job went in. Westbrook and when BTG heard that he had to call back in again now I had to call right back in because it was some more slander and this one hit home because I mean these two cats that y'all was talking about uh, is part of my hometown they from my hometown Kevin Love as well I instantly went I had a flashback of the death row bad boys thing again the whole kicking down the buildings and you don't want your producer jumping all up. Yeah, I had it, it flashed in my head when you said what y'all said about Westbrook being a two-piece from Popeyes. Now, this is the thing. <coughs> what's wrong with Popeyes? <laughs> I mean, you got to let me know what's wrong with Popeyes. You know what I'm saying? And everybody know that you never just order one order of Popeyes. Not the two-piece. You just don't order one order of it. You know that. But I'm going to say this. Does he get stats? Does he patent his stats? Of course he does. What else do you want him to do? This goes back to me saying you can't 
you can't treat all the guards the same. Okay, Westbrook, he been loco, essay. He been there above the rim. Just Jarve. I love us for real. <laughs> My brother BTG. We're gonna have an interesting discussion about Russ. Next episode. <laughs> Because BTG wasn't here for the slander. Jar was ready to give the slander. And we going to hash it out next episode. So I can't wait for that to happen. And that's going to be a treat. So make sure y'all go look out for that. Shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to y'all. So I also wanted to get into a couple of things that has impressed me this NBA season. How well James and CP3 work together. They've worked seamlessly. The chemistry has been undeniable. I don't know if y'all saw that clip, James Harden, CP3, uh, James Harden talking about his love at first sight. It was definitely a little sus. It was definitely That's a little so sus. I had to. Boy, if you don't get. It was one of those. Boy, if you don't. It was. It was a little sus, but it was funny nonetheless because I get what he was trying to say. It was. It was perfect chemistry. They all genuinely like each other on the team, and I think that's important when going on a championship run. Is chemistry and how well. And likability of your teammates. You have to like each other and want to play hard for each other. So they're all in this together. So I think that's great. Also, what has impressed me? Philly. Man, the Philadelphia 76ers is balling. They've exceeded my expectations. I was very wrong about them. I didn't even have them making the playoffs this year. I'm not going to lie. That's because I didn't expect Joel Embiid to give me, what, 60, 70 games that he's given me this year. So I've been very impressed. Joel, the process... Ben Simmons, they're a legit duo for years to come. Ben Simmons is a phenom. Second coming of Magic Johnson. Third coming. I'll give it to LeBron too. But boy, he's the second coming of LeBron, I'll tell you. This man is dynamite. He's phenomenal. And they have a chance to make it to the conference finals this year, which is unusual, which no one expected. They do have a chance. If they, the numbers, if the matchups go correctly and they play Boston in the second round, if they get past their first round matchup, Hopefully with Joel and beat out. And it's crazy. It, but it does show how, how weak the East is that they do have a chance. The Lakers. The big ball away. Ball control. The young Lakers this year. I'm impressed with them. They've been playing very well. Shout out to BTD and Jav, Laker fans. They've been playing very well. I give them some credit. Even if their coach is sus. I still think Luke Walton has to go to the end of the season. I still think Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka in the front office has to upgrade. Get fit, get my man Fizz in there, get someone better in there that can galvanize the team. Then Luke, I just don't like Luke. I just think Luke is a little bit overrated, but he has done well. I give him some credit. I'm not, I'm still shipping him out, but I gave him credit. He, he's done well this year. Ingram was looking great. Step up this year. Kuzma was a damn steal, the steal of the draft. Him and John, Donovan Mitchell, crazy. So they, I'm impressed with the young Lakers. I'm also impressed with LeBron James. LeBron James. His consistency. Look at his ranks among players this year. First in total minutes. First in total points. Second in total assists. Second in triple doubles. All in his 15th year. 33 years old. 32, I believe. One of those. Peak tip-top condition. It's ridiculous what LeBron's doing this year. But he's not the MVP. I'll let that be known. He's definitely not. But LeBron, I've been impressed. I got to give you some credit. You've been balling out this year. So let's move into some things that have been disappointed. That I've been disappointed in this year. And 
I love how I gave LeBron some praise just now, the king. And I got to pull your card a little bit, LeBron. I've been disappointed in your leadership this year. Your leadership has been terrible. It's been, it's been horrendous. The roller coaster season that the Cavaliers has had this year, moving everyone, you, you, yeah, you overhauled the roster this this off season. You came into this season, chemistry wasn't working. Guys were a little grumpy. Jay Crowder wasn't feeling it. Isaiah Thomas wasn't feeling it. JL Smith was crying and moping. Kevin Love was feeling neglected. It was just a lot going on. LeBron was being was lashing out. Didn't want to play any D. And all of that, I have to take it apart on the leader. And when they did the midseason trades at the deadline, I had to overhaul the roster again. Get rid of everyone. A lot of petty shots this year going uh, through social media, through the reporters. <clears throat> it was a lot. It was a lot for the Cavs this year. So that's going to be on LeBron leadership because I feel like he should have been a lot better. He should have been. He's. I've always called him one of the best leaders in the NBA, and he needs to get a lot better. He needs to get a lot better. And this year was one of his worst years, leadership wise. So I've been disappointed in him. I've been also disappointed in OKC and the on-court chemistry with the stars. You would think this year, this is the quote-unquote super team. Russ, PG, Melo. They're on pace to have the same record as they had last year. But Russ had quote-unquote no help. No teammates. He only had Oladipo, Sabonis. He had a bunch of Enos Cantor. They called him... Suspect role players, they called him last year. This year, he's got a much better team. He's got three stars. He has a big three. Got Steven Adams is still there. He's got, uh, I mean, Raven Felton is a bum. Good Lord. But he's got Jeremy Grant, Patrick Patterson, another bum. Their bench is very sus, mind you. They got a bunch of young guys, but still, their record should be better. They were supposed to easily be have been the third seed this year. So I'm disappointed in them. Also... I'm disappointed in the confidence level that people have in the Raptors this year. <laughs> I tell you right now, people got a lot of confidence in the baby dinosaur, the the, the little dinos, you know, <laughs> the little dinos. I mean, I, I look how I look at the Raptors as house pets. I don't mean to get disrespectful, but they're loving, they're cuddly and all that inside the crib. But the minute you take the house pets outside to meet them real dogs and meet them real killers. Their barking gets a little softer. Their paws start sweating. And the big dog outside eats them alive for their fear. They can't handle the big dog barking down the street at them. They used to being inside. They're house pets. And you know who the big dog is in the Easter Conference? It's the king. So I know the Raptors, and I say that to say this. Raptors are having one of the best seasons in franchise history. Number one season is number one seed this year in the Eastern Conference. So they do. This is the best chance they have had. The Cavs are vulnerable this year. I don't want to hear anything out of the Cavs. But what's going to be bad is that the Cavs might end up in the fourth seed and they might have to play them in the second round. And it's a wrap. They're going to hold on to the second round again. Another thing I'm disappointed about. Kawhi Leonard. The entire Kawhi Leonard saga in a holdout. This is the first year the Spurs are going to finish with less than 50 wins. They had 50 plus wins in 18 straight seasons, 18 straight seasons coming into this season. And Kawhi has only played in nine games. He's still holding out for his quad injury. We talked about this a lot in the previous episodes. I mean, but Kawhi, at least try to come back for the playoffs. At least play a couple of games. Come on. We understand you might be gone from the Spurs now. There's a lot of tension going on. 
But come on. I mean, we need to we need to see a fully healthy Sir squad. You could play a little bit. Let's see. I'm also disappointed in the fall of Isaiah Thomas. Went from being an MVP candidate last year with the Boston Celtics. This year being traded over the summer to the Cavs and traded again mid-season to the Lakers. Now having off-season ended in off-season hip surgery to repair that same hip that he got traded for. And his stock has fallen a lot this year. He probably won't get that max as he wanted. Won't get the Brinks truck as he wanted so bad. And it's, it's I feel bad for Isaiah. I feel bad for him, man. So he's going through a fall. Also, I'm disappointed in how KD, I feel like, is getting a slight pass this year. A slight pass. He was finals MVP last year. Everyone called him the second best player in the league. Some people call him the first. I don't care if Steph is out. Get it done. Came here to stack the deck on the Golden State Warriors. Now it's time for you to put up as well. Steph is going to be out. He's hobbled this postseason. I don't want to see the Golden State Warriors struggling. You got KD. You're here. You still got good teammates. You still got two other All-Stars on your team. You can still get it done. You can still get to the West Finals. Another thing I'm disappointed in. The Milwaukee Bucks. I had them in the Conference Finals this year. Preseason. But it's not looking like it. I still think they have a chance, though, if they can avoid Cleveland in the second round or the first round. Giannis has been balling this year. Everyone else on that team stinks. Or they're mediocre, I should say. Middleton has been decent, but I need a, I need a little bit more from Bledsoe. I need Jabari to show up this postseason also. He's finally back from injury. He got a couple of games under his leg. I need him to be a force, and I need him to be a factor. And last but not least, what I'm disappointed in, Blake Griffin. You got dumped off by the Clips earlier this year, close to the deadline, to the Pistons. You were supposed to become a force in the East. I talked you up. What happened? Pistons have been abysmal. They, they went on a nice hot streak when he first got there. But then he lost a lot of games after that. And it was terrible after that. And they didn't even, they're not even making the playoffs right now. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable for Blake Griffin. Very unacceptable. They, they they should have been in the playoffs. They should have been an AC at least. So those are a couple of things I've been disappointed in this year. Moving on, last but not least, season awards. I'm going to start to give out my NBA season awards for this regular season. I'm going to run through these a little bit quick, a little quicker. You tell me if you agree or disagree. I'll start first with Coach of the Year. I'm going with Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz. I give it to him for turning a rookie, Donovan Mitchell, and so the focal point of the offense this year has led the Jazz to a top four playoff spot in the West. They've been phenomenal. Donovan Mitchell has been phenomenal this year. The steal of the draft, other than Kyle Kuzma, two steals of the draft this year. Quinn Snyder has been coaching his ass off. Rudy Gobert has been hurt a lot this year. He's been coaching his ass off. So I'm going to give it to the Utah Jazz because I didn't expect him to be in the playoffs. I didn't have him in the playoffs, and I doubt a lot of people did. Most improved, I'm going with Oladipo. I really want to give it to Clint Capella. I got to give also Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets some love also, but I got to give it to Oladipo. The stats are undeniable. 2016, last year, he averaged 15, 4, and 2. This year, he's averaging 23, 5, and 4, and two steals. Was an all-star this year. One of the best player, players in the league in the Easter Conference this year. Taking the places to the playoffs after losing Paul George, but no one thought they would make the playoffs. So you got to give it to him. Rookie of the year, I'm going Ben Simmons. This guy's a phenom, as I talked about before. Taking the league by storm, averaging close to a triple-double in his rookie year without a jump shot. 
But it, but this wasn't an easy decision. Donovan Mitchell has had a tremendous rookie year, leading the Jazz to the playoffs. And we definitely didn't think they were getting in, like I talked about it before. But Ben Simmons has been ridiculous this year. Phenomenal. So I'm going with him as my rookie of the year. Sixth man of the year, I'm going with Lou Willville. Averaging 22, 22 points off the bench, that's crazy. He literally became the go-to guy for the Clippers this year. And I'm a big fan of Lou Willville. Um, shout out to Eric Gordon as well, also averaging 19. But uh, Lou Will, I'm giving it to him, without a doubt, six man of the year. Defensive player of the year was a little bit tougher for me. It was a couple of choices. You had Gobert up there, but he only played 50 games. Draymond ain't shit, I ain't giving it to him. And Bede gets a couple of votes, he played well. But I think I'm going to go with AD. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis, the defensive player of the year. For his, uh, I believe he's averaging, what, 12 rebounds. And he's averaging two and a half blocks this year. One of the league leaders in blocks. So I'm going with Anthony Davis as my defensive player of the year. But that one is more of a toss-up. And last but not least, MVP. The beat. James Harden. His case is clear. I know a lot of people are trying to bring LeBron James into the free right now. But she's having a great season. But James Harden, this is his year. He's been snubbed two years now. It's the third year. He's winning it. Leads the league in scoring with 30 a night. Third in assists at eight a night. Rockets have the NBA's best record. He averaging 30, 31, 8 and 5, 38 and 5, I believe. Averaging a phenomenal year. Phenomenal year. Only missed nine games this year, so not that much. He's been phenomenal this year, and he's he's focused and he's on a mission. So cut it. James Harden is winning the MVP. This is his year. So those are my season awards. Make sure y'all call in and let me know your season awards or what predictions you have for the season awards or who are your choices for the season awards. I think a lot of these can definitely be a toss-up. A lot of them have quite a few choices, and it's interesting to see who does get it. But I tell you right now, Harden better get that MVP. He better get it. They better not snub him. Like I said before, everyone knows it's playoff time. Let's get it cracking. I'll be having a few roundtable playoff episodes coming up soon with your favorite above the rim guests come in upcoming episodes so be out so be on the lookout for that i want to thank y'all the above the rim listeners and supporters for tuning in each and every week every tuesday for supporting me i appreciate y'all and the feedback y'all been sending it also shout out to me on twitter shout out to y'all for reaching out to me and sending me questions on twitter talking to me responding i, I shout out to y'all man yeah Y'all are dope, man. Make sure y'all tuning in each and every week. Also, make it's playoff time. Make sure y'all keep it locked every week here on Above the Rim. We're going to be going over the playoff, playoff games. We're recapping the week. A lot of opinions. I'm going to have a lot of guests coming in here talking a lot of shit this playoffs. And make sure y'all calling in to talk about it line as well, leaving voicemails, leaving some feedback. If you need that number, again, it's 908-718-1592. Make sure y'all go out and follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. Follow that Above the Rim Facebook page as well. Go out, go subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening, I know you're going to enjoy this one. And you're going to enjoy episodes coming up in the playoff times. You know what we came to do. Came to talk about it. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. So shout out to y'all. Above the Rim, episode 52, about that action, and we out.
Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi! Did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi! You have high cholesterol! Hi! You're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi! There's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.